Welcome to Spirit for Success, a podcast for kick-ass ladypreneurs with spirit, smarts, sass, and style who want to succeed at business, life, and love with ease and grace. Want to see what other fabulousness we have in store for you? Go to spirit, the number four, success.com. That's www.spiritforsuccess.com. Now to your kick-ass and sparkly hosts, Rach Wilson and Therese Tucker. Hi, this is Rach. And this is Therese. And welcome back to our podcast. Today we're going to talk about something that's really close to our hearts and close to our reality. And it's about how to succeed with ease and grace. So we're going to be talking about the old paradigm and the way we used to do things versus the new paradigm. Therese? Absolutely. And this actually, this is quite timely for us. We always like to do podcasts around topics that we are having our aha moments around because we are two fabulous works in progress, just like you. (laughs) So when (laughs) we like, it feels like a little Easter egg comes up for us when we find an area that we need to work on and we have our aha moment, we just, we have to share it. So we wanted to talk about accomplishment mm. or, or setting a goal or working around a goal with ease and grace and what the old patterns were that usually are causing us to have stress, struggle, and strain versus the pattern that Rach and I favor and do our best to work in as most of the time, <laughs> which is a, um, a flow pattern or the pattern of least resistance. So let's start with talking about the old pattern because I feel like it's great to like establish where we're coming from <laughs> and where we're going. <laughs> yeah, and I'm very familiar with the old pattern. I ran it very strongly in my entrepreneurial life. And the old pattern is very much about uh, setting a goal with a time frame yeah. and then action, 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 push, 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 force, 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 action, action, action until you get there or not get there and get frustrated and impatient in the journey. <laughs> it's just no good and no fun for anybody. And it also leads to burnout. Yes. I've certainly burnt out more than once and I'm still recovering from from the latest one. Clearly it's a pattern that I've I'm still learning to master the opposite of. But yeah. You had said when we were having our little chat about this, you had talked about it as being a pattern of control or a control pattern. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Because it's about we think we've got complete control over everything. It's that whole, if it's meant to be, it's up to me thing playing out again. Yeah. So it's it's a control thing. We we take the action because we think that the more action we take, the closer we get to our goal being accomplished. And that's not the case. That is just an illusion. And we feel better sometimes by taking action and taking more action and taking more action. But the, the fallacy is that the more action we take, the quicker we're going to accomplish the goal. And it's not true. Right. And when I, when I was thinking about it in my old terms, there was this idea that um, if I pushed myself as hard as I could go, I would get to where, where I needed to accomplish. Meaning that you know, get up early before everybody else, work on it, work on it, put my regular life aside, and then stay up to like the wee hours trying to crank this shit out, basically. (laughs) (laughs) And and in this this old pattern, quality of life goes down really quickly. Yeah, and health, because we're pushing our body further than it needs to go. We're not listening to it. So it's a very counterproductive and counterintuitive 
pattern. It's not listening or working with your natural energy flow at all. Right. And it's also incorporating lack thinking. So there's this idea that if I stop, I'm going to lose or I'm not going to get what I want. And if I stop, I won't get going again. That was mine. Yeah. and But it's also another form of lack where there's total lack of enjoyment or joy. <laughs> it gets like sucked right, <laughs> sucked right out of this process. And so we want to talk about what we're calling the new paradigm. So the, the, the pattern of least resistance. Mm. So why don't you talk about how, how you picture that? Yeah. So we've been talking about how the the pattern of least resistance is working with the natural ebb and flow of life. It's a, it's natural life energy and it's our natural energy pattern. Like we don't have consistent go, go, go energy without needing a break. It's listening to our energy and, and when we're inspired and we've got a, a full tank of energy, that's the best time to be productive and do what we call work. But when that subsides or when you start to wane, then that's a great time to go into a space of replenishment or rest or um, accumulation is, is the word that we're kind of using because in that space, you're accumulating more energy, accumulating thoughts, ideas, and inspiration so that when you're ready, you go into the next work zone. Yeah, and I've talked about this before that the ebb and flow is a lot like a bow and arrow. So the pulling back of the arrow is that ebb process where, like Rach was talking about, you're accumulating. So even though it looks like you're retreating, you're actually gathering momentum to move forward. And then when you finally let go of the arrow, the shot is going to be stronger, it's going to be more direct, and you're more likely to hit your target the further you pull it back. Yeah, yep. And that's and I can really see that with my energy. And when I give myself the time and space to accumulate energy, then when I do sit down and do my work, it is coming from a very inspired space. I get far better quality work out of myself. Like the ideas are, are so high vibrational and so potent. And it's done in a lot less time. And it feels good while you're doing it because you're in the space of inspiration and that's energizing. It's not detrimental to your energy system where taking constant action for action's sake is terribly draining on the body. Oh, yeah. It's just ridiculous. And <laughs> why we think that's the way to get to success <laughs> and have a life, I don't, it's just beyond me. So we're talking about that, the, that our paradigm of accomplishment has to do with you know, following the actual patterns of nature with the ebb and flow and that taking a break is crucial to your achievement, to your accomplishing the goals that you set. And I actually want to talk to Rach. I'm going to put you in the spotlight for a second <laughs> because recently it feels like you've almost been forced to take a break and stuff emotionally came up for you around that. So I just wanted you to, sh oh, to yeah. share that because it was a big aha for you. Yeah. Um, so I had planned, you know, plans, mean plans. <laughs> so I had planned to take, you know, a fair chunk of, of April off to replenish, to recover after having a very full on couple of months. So here I am starting to, to ease off my work and start to relax. And, and then we had the Easter weekend. I thought, you know what, four days of just almost nothing. And then next week I'll probably have more energy and I can do some stuff if I feel like it. <laughs> and then on the Saturday night, my husband got sick which was not part of the plan, let me tell you. <laughs> and he's been sick for going on 10 days now. He's a lot better as of today. Thank goodness. Yeah, thank God. But it's been like 10, 11 days um, since he got sick. So while I've been trying to recover, <laughs> I've been being nursemaid for my husband who's not been able to, to get himself food or water or anything for, for over a week. So I found that 
I only had the energy, enough energy to take care of him and very little else. Like I struggled because my brain was going, but I can't take this much time out. I'm not recovering and I'm not getting the energy to then put into my work, which I wanted to do this week to catch up. So went into some very much lack thinking and frustration and feeling guilt about not putting the energy into stuff. And I had a bit of a teary yesterday, I will admit, <laughs> because it was a, it was the overwhelm I was putting on myself. Yeah. It was the expectations. It was the old paradigm, but I need to be taking action right now. And I, I couldn't. I couldn't. And I'm beautiful that I have such an amazing business partner to talk to in those <laughs> times and go, this is what's happening. And she reminds me, you know what? Take this time. Let it just be, you know, enjoy just having some quality time, well, not quite quality time with husband, but be able to just watch movies for days on end. And you know that when you have the time and space and the energy returns that it's going to be even more potent. So Absolutely. don't stress. It's still going to happen. It hasn't gone anywhere. And, and a lot of times when we're talking about this ebb and flow process, we tend to talk about the flow because that seems like the fun part, like where all the action and the juice is. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk a little bit about what the goodies are in the ebb because really it's only a half cycle if you're focusing on flow. Mm. If you're not focusing on ebb, then you're not doing the whole cycle. And ebb has a lot of gifts in it. So let's talk about We came up with four R's. So the, the four R's are research, rest, reflection, and reboot. So let's kind of, yeah, and my team and spirit's like, yeah, that's a little twinkle <laughs> on that one. <laughs> and these are all necessary to achieving a product, especially if you're an entrepreneur, mm. right? You, you need to do research. That is just a given, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. I mean, anything that you want to, to accomplish has got something that you've got to learn more about in order for it to happen. There's certainly times where, you know, learning research about what different marketing methods to do or research about, you know, some extra content that you want to add into this piece so it's even more potent yeah. than, than just your thoughts alone. So it's, it's a critical factor. Data collection, I'm thinking about, I was uh, reading one of Brene Brown's books, and she was talking about how, you know, over years of research, she would collect data about different um, relationships, because she was writing a book on relationship. So in that time, the book was forming, and it was crucial stuff that she had to do. Now, granted, that type of research was a little bit more active, but still, the product was the book, or the accomplishment, the goal, was this book coming. Mm. But she had to be in an area where it was simply collecting information. So important. Yeah. So then another one is rest, which we know. Mm -hmm. um, and we often don't give ourselves permission to do because it's seen as unproductive. It's like, well, I should be doing something with this time. But you've got to really listen to your body and go, well, how do I feel? Do I really feel like I've got the energy to even research or do anything else? And if the answer is no, then your body is asking you to rest. And I can certainly tell you that in days where I've listened to my body, I've laid down for half an hour and then I've gotten up and gone, right, cool, okay, next piece. And I've had the energy, whereas the old paradigm is to push through. Yeah. And the quality is just not there. And it's tough. It's no fun. <laughs> it sucks. It, no. Right. And then so another one is reflection, which I think is important. And this is going back to um, one of the things Rach always says that I love and which is going back to your why. Mm. In the ebb state, we go into reflection. We sit down and we think about, why the fuck <laughs> am I doing this? <laughs> because sometimes 
even in a business that you love, even working on a goal that you're in love with, we get frustrated easily, even if we're in alignment with it. And so it's important to take a minute and stop and reflect on why am I doing this? Because if you, first of all, if you're doing it so that you can enjoy life more and you're not actually enjoying life, why the hell are you doing this? Are, are you actually achieving your bigger goal, which is, you know, I do this work so I have more free time to be with my family. But then if you're never with your family, then fail. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like you're, you're missing it. You're missing the point there. Mm. <laughs> so the ebb allows us to sit back and reflect about why am I doing this in the first place? More than just I want to make money. Why do you want to make money? What's behind that? What's the reason that you think, what are you going to accomplish behind the notoriety or the money or having a business? What do all those represent? Because there's always a deeper reason. I just thought it'd be good for me to share my why. My why behind my business has really got a lot to do with being able to, I guess, show my children that they can follow their heart, do what lights them up and and create the lifestyle that they want. Like my lifestyle goals have been to be non-locale, which means I can live anywhere in the world or travel anywhere in the world and still be able to do my business. Mm. And also, you know, part of my why is helping people. It is part of what drives me, but also having the, the freedom to be able to give my husband the lifestyle that he wants to live, which is a, he wants to be a stay-at-home dad. <laughs> mm. uh-huh, mine too. <laughs> House husband. Uh, love this is it. Why they've got, that's why they've got entrepreneurial wives. You that's know, right. can see how this worked out. But <laughs> my why is, is very much personal. It's about inspiring my children yes. and it's about providing the lifestyle that us as a family would like to live yeah. and helping other people is a bonus and you know, doing things that light me up is also part of it. I love doing the podcast. I love working with Therese. I love teaching. I love coaching. All of these things light me up. So they are all my whys. Yes. And one of my whys is, you know, to have more free time with my life to like to go and do the thing. Like if I wake up and I'm like, let's go to the park today. Mm. I want to have the freedom to do that is so freedom is definitely behind my why. Yeah. And I noticed that when I engage in the old paradigm, I rob myself of the very reason I'm doing <laughs> this work. Yes. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're not perfect at it. We're, you know, we're works in progress. We're in that stage that um, the stages of change, which is the comp- competent, hang on, <laughs> consciously competent. God, I always get stuck on it. Consciously competent, which means there are times where we automatically go into trust and allowing, and there are other times like I went into this week of, of going, oh, my God, I should be taking action. But, you know. To be, to be real, I was very tired, overtired and exhausted from all of the extra work. So in those moments, you're going to find yourself being human. Oh, you're yeah. going to fall into that old pattern and all that sort of stuff. Which perfectly ties into the fourth R, which is reboot. Think about a computer. <laughs> Think about your computer, right? Like if I leave my computer running and I always do on sleep, it goes on sleep mode. Mm. Every once in a while, that fucker lights up and shuts down. It's like, nope, got to reboot. I need to install new programs. I got to do, and it shuts me out, right? Maintenance. (laughs) It can be really frustrating, but it's crucial to me having a computer that runs at the speed and capacity I need it to run at. Mm. 
Yeah, so a reboot for us is is those times where we put ourselves into a float tank or we go for a walk on the beach or we just lay on the couch and read a book. Or you or cry your eyeballs or... out because you just need yeah, yeah. to. you got to get it out of you. I mean, so the the thing is, and I think that the fourth um, the fourth R, the reboot, sort of comes when you don't allow yourself to do the other R's. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So you God will ebb. The, the universe is like, you will ebb, motherfucker, because... <laughs> Lay down the, and shut up. <laughs> it is the natural part of the cycle. And either yeah. you'll do it with ease and grace or you will do it you'll by force. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so what I love is like you really and truly the highest part of you knows how to do this. You know, it, it knows how to live this life. And it's so funny because it's like, they call it like the big eye and the little eye. And here we are in our conscious perspective. We're the little eye. And this little eye runs around and it's like, I know how to do everything, you know, like screw you uh-huh. universe. And universe is like, Oh, sh- hush, you know, like put the baby to bed, <laughs> turn out the lights. It's like a teenager. And we'll start again tomorrow. Exactly. Oh, you think you know everything. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. So even even if you get caught in the old paradigm, the universe, the source energy, the highest part of you is going to take care of you, mm. whether it looks like it or not. You you get taken care of. So that's that's the, yeah. the saving grace in all of this. Gotta love it. I mean, it, it's true. I mean, I, I've certainly, if I can look back this week or these last two weeks in a different light, I can see that I got some some good quality time with my husband. Yeah, we got to watch a lot of movies, so I did get a lot of rest. And I think his body was also asking for a reboot. Yeah. He doesn't consciously know what he needs a lot of the time. So his body just went, you know what, I'm done. I need to shut down so that he could get some nurturing, which he hasn't. I mean, he's been taking care of a lot of things around the house while I've been working a lot and resting as much as I can. But he's taken on a lot more of the load. So I, I definitely feel like his body was just needing the reboot. Now was the best time to do it. Yay. Absolutely. And you got to live one of your whys, which is, you know, helping other people. Inclu- and yeah. that includes your husband. And so it's beautiful. It's beautiful synergy. And the universe is so efficient in their from their perspective. You know what I mean? They're, they know the easiest way to accomplish two things at once. Two birds, one stone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So I want to go into, we also came up with a few things about what resistances might come up when you try to live in this new paradigm of the flow pattern of least resistance. And one of the things that came up as a glaring aha for me was that we, we, and I'm talking generally, we don't trust quote unquote easy. (laughs) If it's too easy, I don't trust it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's kind of a big one. So I want to talk about that a little bit about how the fact that, you know, we were talking about this, about how the word work is, seems to be synonymous with hard. Mm. Even if you just say work without saying hard work, mm-hmm. you almost hear hard in your head. Yeah. Well, it's a bit of working <laughs> is taking action, but it's a bit of a push. It's a bit of a force. It's a bit of, it's a lot of time, a lot of action. That's certainly what comes to mind when we say work. Right. And I was saying jokingly that I wanted to take back the word work. <laughs> you know, like, I was trying to come up with a new word, but no, she wants to take back work. Okay. I want to take it back because it's, first of all, I feel like it's universally understood. We all know what it means when we say work. But I, what I want to take away from it is this implication that work has to be hard. And so 
part of that implication is that we don't trust easy. Mm. That if work was easy, then it's not really work. I mean, that's <laughs> what a lot of people say. Well, if it's easy, it's not really work. Well, if it's easy, then if you're not working, then you're not being productive. If you're not being productive, you won't get your goal. Da-da. Right. But you can have easy productivity and you can have stimulating work where it doesn't feel like work. Ooh, I like that. Stimulating work, inspired work. (gasps) Yeah. I'm liking those words. Because I personally, if you were to take quote unquote work away from me, I would start to get itchy. Like I would be like, what the (laughs) hell am I doing? (laughs) You know, I've tried it. I've tried just like having like a vacation time or I've even tried just having like just being just doing the momming part. I'm not a natural. You're not alone. Uh, I'm, I'm a nurturer, but not just a nurturer. Like I need, I feel like there's a part of me that wants to work and I enjoy it. Like gives me purpose. It gives me gusto. When I wake up in the morning, I want to grab my coffee and go to the computer and be like, let's do this bitch. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I want to just, while we're on that topic, I want to reiterate that, you know what, there's a lot of us who become entrepreneurs who have mommy guilt. Mm -hmm, I do. You know, there are definitely women out there who their children are the center of their world. Their children are their purpose. And we're constantly kind of coming across this feeling of, well, maybe I'm not being the perfect mother because my children aren't the center of my universe. And I want to unequivocally say that that is not the case. We are different mothers. Yes. We live our purpose. We do what is going to light us up. So we are happy as individuals, which in turn flows onto the children because then they learn from us that following their purpose, doing what makes them feel good is completely okay. And if being a mother is what they want to do, that is also completely okay. So we can let go of the mommy guilt. (laughs) Let go of the mommy guilt. Oh my God. Yes. I think that my mommy guilt comes from, I see this beautiful exchange between a mother and a child from a mother who it, who do find their kids the center of the universe. And I think part of my mommy guilt comes from this place of like, I somehow am lacking as a woman because this, this woman and this child are having such an amazing exchange that I am so in awe of. Mm. So that, that's sort of where it's coming from me. But then I remember if I go to my higher consciousness that my children picked me, (laughs) we had, (laughs) we had a contract before they got here, before I got here, that, you know, like, that's the mom I want. Mm. If they wanted a mom who was focusing solely on them, they would have chosen the woman to be their mom, another woman. Mm. Yeah. And so I can let go that somehow my kids are not getting the mom that they deserve. They, they're, I'm the mom they picked. Yeah. So the best thing I can do is be the best version of me. Here, here. Yeah, exactly. So the so, and I'm saying this more for myself. Everybody <laughs> listening to me pep talking myself right now. But <laughs> the best version of me wakes up, feels inspired, wants to connect with others, wants to share a bigger message, wants to share the joy and happiness I have. And when I can do that, I come to my children with 100 percent authenticity, but also 100 percent energy. Mm-hmm. Then they're seeing a person who feels alive and inspired and has joy to give. Yeah, and a happy mommy is a good mommy. That's that's all you need to know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> happy mommy is a good mommy. <laughs> True. <laughs> all right, well, let's, let's continue on. Otherwise, this podcast is going to be about mommy guilt more than it is about ebb and flow. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we need to do a podcast because I was just like, that was like a can of worms just yeah, got open Yeah, I right was there. feeling the same thing. So we're going to just 
press pause on that. And we're going to come back to that one in a later episode. <laughs> Write that down or remind us someday. We'll come back to Mommy Girls. <laughs> okay. All right. So coming back to the, the ebb and flow and the, the changing of the paradigm from you know, action and time equaling how you get to success and moving into energy accumulation being the way you get to success. Yes. So we were talking about the fears around doing that. And one of the fears that you had mentioned earlier that I was like, oh, yes, this is a good one, is the fear of if I take a break, the energy is going to be gone. (laughs) I have experienced that on multiple occasions and there's multiple answers to this. And it's a very real fear. Let's be honest. There are times where you start something, you've got a lot of energy, it's inspired and you have to take a break for whatever reason. And the energy doesn't really return. So you either don't complete that project or whatever it is. Now, there's a couple of things that I want to share on that. One, sometimes you actually don't need to finish it. There's something in it that you're gaining, whether it's just learning, you know what, that's actually not what I want to do or that's not the right way to do it or whatever. There is something that you're gaining. You don't have to complete the project. And I'm going to hand it over to Therese to share an example (laughs) of where she had that one. (laughs) This one's a hard one for me because I am one of those people who gets really stubborn about this, that if I start something, I'm going to finish it. Old paradigm. You know, uh, (laughs) old paradigm. And maybe a little bit of my like area energy I'm not quite (laughs) sure but it it is this like stubborn clinging to something because I've got well ego and pride are involved that's what it is Mm -hmm. so god damn it I'm gonna finish it and an example is in what in my other business my art I was working on a little project and I just had like this whim one day I have so many art supplies it's embarrassing I could open my (laughs) own store but and I think most artists can understand where I'm coming from but I had this clay And I just had this idea that I was going to make these little clay mermaids and put them in a painting and they'd be three-dimensional. And, oh, my God, wouldn't this be fun? So I get into it. I make them. I bake them. I get them together. They look okay. I mean, they're cute. I don't work with clay a lot. So it was showing my inexperience with that medium. And they kept breaking. Like the arms would pop off or something or the cat would step on it or they'd fall off the table or my daughter picked it up and it snapped apart. And so I kept gluing these stupid mermaids back together. <laughs> and, I'm t- and one day I was talking to Rach and I don't know what had come up, but I was talking about all these projects and then I threw in there, oh, and then there's this painting of these mermaids that I keep trying to finish. And and she said... There was cat butt hair on it. That's oh. what started it. Her cat had sat on it and there was cat butt hair in it and that's what she could see. <laughs> mermaids that kept sitting on them and so I was like what the hell there's all this cat butt hair on these poor mermaids and Rach said something like maybe this is something that you don't need to finish and my response to it was to be offended bitch I was like how dare you I put so much time and I glued the arms back on these things you know uh, that was the internal dialogue. The external dialogue was, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I felt the energy. It's like, mm, no. <laughs> yes, I went into my little pouty um, five-year-old <laughs> self, and I was like, I got to finish this. But I, she said, you know, perhaps it's taking time and energy away from something that could be more productive or that you should be doing. And it sat with me for a minute. And so I had, you know, I I got off the phone and I thought about it. I'm like, I had to look at it. I had to look at my why and like, why am I doing this? Am I 
really appreciating what I'm doing here or is it about something else? And it became about my ego and just, (laughs) I have to finish it. And so I let it go. I gave them to my daughter. I said, you can do whatever the hell you want with these. My five-year-old like colored them in with her markers and they're, they're fantastic. Oh, pretty with cat butt hair. (laughs) With cat butt hair. And we (laughs) threw them away. (laughs) But In its place, I was able to work on a different project that I did not see coming. I created three beautiful paintings that I absolutely love. And the time I spent with them was very valuable to me. Mm -hmm. And I realized that if I had not let go of what I thought I had to do, that I would have missed a great opportunity for work that that was really fulfilling. So just to get it on the recording, I was right. She was right. <laughs> she was right. <laughs> yes. Yes, you were. And but and it was very freeing. After I got over the the blow to my ego, which was really what I was dealing with, was that maybe I was spending time on something that I could spend uh or that there was a better way to spend my time. Yeah, because at that point you had already worked out that it was mediocre. It was never going to be the level of quality that is you. It was and it had, it had cat butt, butt hair. hair in it that I could not get out. It was embedded <laughs> in the poor I mean the Well, that should be your sign. Yeah, so if, if there's ever cat butt hair on anything, you should know that that is something <laughs> that the cat has already deemed <laughs> you're done with. <laughs> truly, truly it was. It's true. The universe was working through my cat that day, and it was like, no, this isn't worth it. I'm going to stick my ass on it because they're ass. So basically, <laughs> let it go. What I really appreciate about that and it, what it got me to start doing was when you have a fear that if I take a break, maybe um, maybe the energy will go, was why don't we go into that? Because that's what Rage forced me to do is really go into it. Is it worth it? Mm-hmm. Is there energy here or is there something else that's working? And I'm, mm. I am calling it energy. <laughs> and so it is being brave enough to take the flashlight to your fear and, and turn around. And, you know, a lot of times when someone's like, but what if the energy goes and you sort of give a positive cheerleader response, which is it'll be fine. It'll come back. And the brave thing to do would be turn around and face the scenario of what if it doesn't? What does that mean? Is it the end of your world? Mm. And the answer is no. It's It's not. not. There are plenty of projects that I haven't completed. And some of them I haven't completed because I've gotten to the point of putting them out into the world and my fear has taken hold and going, well, no, what if people don't like it? What if it's not good enough? Blah, blah, blah. And I haven't put it out or I haven't put it out in in the level that I could have. So it's a good practice to when you kind of get to that place where the energy is not flowing to ask why. Mm. Why isn't the energy flowing? Is it a fear? Is this an opportunity to really expand past your fear? And in that becomes a whole other level of energy, a whole new way of of stepping into the next level for yourself. Well, for example, with Rage, to put you back in the spotlight, you have (laughs) a book that has has taken many subtle different forms. Yes. And it kept feeling like uh, it was about to go out and then it seemed to stop. But really and truly, it was just showing you that's going deeper. It's not going away. It's changing and evolving into something deeper than you realize. Exactly. And I've got it on my wall, so it's not off my radar. My intention is still there. And we'll, we'll talk more about our tips around this in a, in a minute. But So this book, it's still my intention to write this book. And to be honest, I don't have the energy to do it right now. There is no inspirational energy in it right this second. I do know that that energy will come when the book is ready to start coming through in the way that it's meant to be. 
but I, I'm looking forward to it more than anything. I'm not at any point deciding that the energy might not come through. I'm trusting. I'm just trusting that when it's ready, when it's time, that energy will be there and I will work with it in that moment. Absolutely. And that's the best way to do it. That it Because um, it's really interesting when you're working with the old paradigm, the time action paradigm versus the flow and ease and grace paradigm. When I got a, a visual about this from our team in spirit, they showed me, we, we both wrote our own graph. <laughs> so pretty. And I, I thought it was really interesting because Rachel and I, we often say the same thing in our own unique way. And so I love sharing, uh, seeing the way that she pictures it versus I picture it. So the way I saw it was I saw these two thermometers next to each other. I saw the old time action version where you're expending a lot of time in action versus expending energy that is inspired. And what they showed me is that you could put in a 60 hour week where you're just pushing through every ebb cycle that comes because it's, you know, it's half of a circle, there's flow, there's ebb, and then there's flow. And so if you're just pushing through every ebb cycle that comes up and you do 60 hours, that little barometer is only going to push up so far. You might get like one little notch versus doing the pattern of least resistance where you're working with ease and grace and you're taking the breaks as you feel them and you're moving into action as you feel them, feel them, the accumulation of energy is like tenfold higher than the old paradigm. You actually get more energy banked in the universe, in your system. Moving towards your goal, if you were on a stretch of road, instead of going one mile, you would have gone 10 miles. Mm. And so... Rachel, I want you to give your version of it because sometimes <laughs> people hear yours better than mine. So let's... I'm such a logical thinker. You're the creative, which is why we get these different images. <laughs> so I've got like a graph. So there's the two axes. You've got the um, vertical axis, which is the action. And I've put like a measure on it. So five is what I'm looking at. So the level of action that someone who's consistently... Like a, a marathon runner. Yes. They run at a certain speed and they go at a slower speed to get the distance. Whereas a sprinter would put in huge amounts of energy and then have a break. Yes. So with this kind of energy flow, we're, we're looking at being the sprinter because we're having the break in between that we can sprint and put out a lot more energy and then we have a break. So over the course of time, if I put it, narrowed it down to like 12 parts, someone who's doing the, the marathon is running at a slower speed and runs over the 12 parts. So I put that at a five. And then the person who's the sprinter who does the, the, the huge amounts of action and then has a break and has action, break, but they hit 15. So it's a fair chunk higher. Mm. And then over the 12 parts, they're getting to 90 versus the other one getting to 60. So it produces more. Yeah. But in the meantime, it doesn't take away from life. You've got the energy – you're getting the energy accumulation so you're not burnt out and needing six weeks of re relaxation and rest to recover because you're resting in between. So you can keep this pattern up for a much longer period of time before you need to take a bigger break. Right. And our team in spirit introduced this to us as energy banking. And so what they're saying is that instead of seeing that how much time you accumulate leads to your success, it's how much energy you accumulate will lead to your success. So your rest periods can be pretty big mm -hmm. and you can still bank a lot of energy moving you towards your goal. And they're saying that if you can trust that, if you can trust the energy you banked, you can actually move toward it faster. Make up for lost time. That's kind of the way that I look at it. 
while I'm taking this big break of time now to recover, I know that on the tail end of that, there will be a big burst of activity that will move me forward, which means that this time that I'm taking will actually even out. I wouldn't have lost anything. I'm actually making up for it and then some, but I've got the time and space to recover. Exactly. Which you don't have when you're doing the marathon. Yeah. So just like the bow and arrow, the more she pulls back, the more she ebbs, Mm. there's a tauntness in her bow. So the further you pull back, the trajectory of the arrow goes faster, harder, further, and more precisely further forward. Yep. So really, if you, if you trust that, now that's where, that's a big thing right there is trusting that that happens. You can actually deflate your energy bank by pulling the trust out of it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Which is what I was doing the other day, like getting into guilt, berating myself, any of that kind of, those kinds of actions where you you're feeling bad, Mm -hmm. that's not accumulating energy. That is actually an energy drain. Well, I want you to picture that you're pulling your your arm back with your arrow and that suddenly you drop your elbow. Because if you think about it, if you do the action of pulling the Mm. arrow back, your elbow is out and it's taunt. Now, that's your trust right there, your elbow. (laughs) If you drop your elbow, you have just lost a whole bunch of... um, Power. Power and momentum. Yeah, exactly. Power is the perfect word for that. So it's, then this is, we're going to go into the tips shortly, but um, yeah, the big thing about it is when you're in trust, you're not in any kind of resistance. You're not in any guilt. You're not in any negative emotions that are going to drain you, which means that that time that you're in ebb is not going to be as productive as it could be when we're looking at productivity. Yes. So Going from that, we want to give you, we love doing the tips, the five, (laughs) I felt like we could go into 15 tips on this, but we'll try to keep it to five tips on how you can work with the new energy paradigm that's about working in the flow pattern of least resistance. So number one, and this was uh, Rach's number one, was to listen to your body, and I'll let her explain that. Yeah, this is one that I'm still mastering, but, and I'm getting a lot better at it is listening to your body when your body says rest, listening to your your instincts, your intuition when it says, oh, I really want to just go and read and research right now, listening for that inspiration. You have a great question you ask your body. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> I came up with it when we were talking about it. Now I can't remember. Oh, that's right. Well, she And I've heard her say this before, so she does ask this. Yeah, so it's asking myself whether or not I have the energy to do it. Yep. You know, do I have the energy to do this work or this thing that I've got in front of me today? And if it's a no, then it's, okay, well, what do I need to do instead? Mm-hmm. So I've got the energy to rest. Okay, that's all I've got energy to do. Or I've got energy to, you know, I don't have energy to do the writing of the book, but I do have energy to do some research. That feels good. So looking for where the energy is and where it feels good and easy. Those are your green lights. They're the doors you walk through. If you look at something and go, oh, I really don't feel like doing it, well, then you're hitting resistance. And then you can ask yourself, well, why am I resisting it? Is it because I'm procrastinating because of a fear, in which case there's some, you know, healing work to be done? Or is it that I'm procrastinating because I just don't have the energy to do it? Great. Rest. You don't need to beat yourself up over it. It's just, it is what it is in that moment. Yeah. And the more you listen, the better you move into this ebb and flow pattern. Right. And the more that you can be in the moment and not be in resistance, you'll move through it. So if you're in the moment and your body's like, I have no energy but to rest, instead of resisting that, if you just accept it and allow it, you'll move through it. 
the rest period will be much shorter than if you're trying to push through that and your body's like, no. Mm. So number two is to reflect and celebrate. And this was one of a, a big one for me. Yeah, me too. Because when we're working on accomplishment of a goal, I constantly see how I could do better and where I want to go. And even though those things can be great drivers, if they're driving all the time, you are actually also decreasing your power because you have not acknowledged what you've done so far. So taking a moment to do the reflect of like, look where I am. You know, there's always going, in fact, in my mind, what I see is there's always going to be mountains and valleys and they go on throughout eternity. So there's no end point. We get this idea when we get a goal that there's some kind of end point. But mm -hmm. as each of us knows, as soon as you hit an accomplishment marker, a new one shows up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if you are a goal-driven person, you'll never end. You'll have never-ending goals to reach. It's just how we kind of seem to work. It's our expansion. We expand. We're constantly expanding and exploring. And so there's always going to be another mountain. Always. Yay. And we don't want it to end. We don't want it to end. In truth, if you think about it, if you picture yourself getting to the top of a mountain and then there's nothing left. No. It kind of takes like <laughs> the air out of your tires. So the idea that there's another mountain to climb actually does fuel you. Yeah. But you do have to celebrate and acknowledge where you're at. Put your flag down in this mountain and be like, holy shit, I did it. You know, and like really celebrate it because otherwise you're missing the point of living. Yeah. I mean, look at us. We haven't even been in this business together for a year yet. So we don't even have to look that far back to go, wow, look at what we've created. Yeah. Look at what we've done. I mean, we're on to the, this is what, episode 10, I think. Yeah. So we've come a long way. We've done a lot of things that we don't necessarily always stop to acknowledge how far we've come. And I'm doing that right this second. It's like, holy crap, <laughs> look what we've done. And we're talking about other things. Yeah. And every once in a while, <laughs> every once in a while, our team and spirit will have us take a minute and reflect. Yeah. And it's always mind blowing because I don't know if I'm sure you feel the same, but it sort of feels like we've been doing this forever. And then we realize it hasn't been forever. No. We just really started. Yeah. <laughs> We're just getting cooking. I think we've really only been doing this for about six months. So not even probably about half a year, maybe seven months, but not that long. Although absolutely, it feels like we've been doing this for a lot longer in a good way. <laughs> yeah. it does. Like, well, it feels very much in alignment. Yeah. Like that's how I, I, when I recognize things that are in alignment with me, they just feel like they're a part of me. Like I've always been doing this on some level. Yeah. And we've been doing the ebb and flow pattern in this business and it's been, I don't know, it just, we're seeing the results of this ebb and flow pattern in this business and how easy it's been, how easy these podcasts are, how easy different opportunities are coming and things are working out. Yeah. This was not our, or at least it wasn't my experience in my business before when I was doing the old paradigm. So we've got, I've got some very clear contrast between the old pattern and the new pattern and the results that it brings. Oh, me too. And it's really what it's done for me because you know, Rach has done the entrepreneurship a lot longer than I have. But what it's done for me is it's really broken down some myths that I had collected around being an entrepreneur mm. and what I thought that meant. Um, and doing this business with Rach has shown me that you don't have to subscribe to that to be successful. Mm -mm. You know, it's what do you want it to be? Whatever you focus your energy into, that's what it's going to be. So, so tip number two is really 
celebrate. You know, if you gave yourself a break and you came back to work with more energy, celebrate that. Mm. You know, pat on the back. That gets you a lot further down towards your goal if you can celebrate the little wins instead of waiting for a big one. What you can do is um, maybe we should do this too is make a point that on a, like a Friday evening, is a good time to pour a drink, even if it's a water, <laughs> whatever you're into, it's fine. But just taking a moment to look at your week, look at what you've accomplished, but then also look back further. Look at the last six months, look at the last 12 months to remind yourself how far you've come. Because week to week, sometimes it doesn't seem like very far. Yeah. But when it all adds up, it shows a very different story. And it will reinvigorate you. Because mm. when you can look at the momentum that you've actually made, you realize that you're not so far off from your goal than you might think you are as you're slogging through it. Mm-hmm. So that brings me to tip number three, which is let go of hard time frames. I'm going to let Rach take that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. This was one of my old patterns was to have, uh, by this date, I will have accomplished X, Y, Z. And, you know, this is that whole control thing. So one of the things that I did to to be able to fall into and move through with this ebb and flow pattern was to let go of hard timeframes. So I create an intention, like with my book. My intention is to have the book completely written and at least a publisher confirmed by the end of this year. That's my intention. Now, whether or not I can hit that, who knows? But I'm not saying it has to happen by the end of the year. I'm aiming for it. And I'm allowing it to evolve in its own time frame, knowing that when I do that, it is a far better product rather than going back into push, 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 push. So I have an intention, an approximate time frame, but I'm allowing the project or the thing to evolve in its own time. I just turn up every time I need to be there and do what I need to do if it's the energy is there and not if it's not. Perfect. And that brings me to number four, which is give yourself permission to ebb. Yes. So we've talked about, (laughs) we talked about that ebb and flow is a complete cycle. And so if you're only focusing on flow, which is the action, the, the arrow moving forward, you're only focusing on half of the cycle. It's incomplete. It's actually not holistic if you're only focusing on half. So giving yourself permission to ebb allows you to get back into the nature state of the whole process, that you're doing the full circle. You're allowing the replenishment, the rest and reflection. And if <laughs> if you're only focusing on the flow, don't worry, because the universe will reboot you <laughs> so that you have yeah. to. But a gentler... Forced ebb. <laughs> but a gentler and easier way to do it is allowing the ebb to happen, knowing that the next time you go back into flow, you're going to go with a nice zing. You're going to really get in there. If the universe forces you to ebb, it'll force you to ebb for a lot longer than you want to ebb. So you're better off choosing to ebb on a regular basis. Yeah. In fact, Rach and I, we do this um, often with our business. You know, we do private sessions with each other. It's part of our business model. It's kind of fun (laughs) and cool and different. But one of the things that we do is we ask for software updates. Mm. We ask for the reboot, um, which is actually a gentler way of receiving it. So our, our systems are very much like computers in a way that we are constantly getting updated information. Our cells update daily. You know, the information we receive is an update. Sometimes it expands our way of thinking. But if you think about us as beings, we're constantly expanding. Or you can think about it as updating Mm. or upgrading. 
upgrading. Yeah. So a gentler way to do it is to, you know, give permission to Ebb, but also ask for the reboot. Because if you're open, ready to receive it, you'll get it. Mm-hmm. And even if you're not, you'll get it. <laughs> Just one way is much gentler to your system and another way feels a little bit shocking. Like you got shaken awake or like, stop it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Forced into the naughty corner. You will sit there for the next <laughs> month until I tell you it's time to leave. <laughs> Anyway, next tip. <laughs> the last tip is a little bit of a, a wild card, but it really works for me. And so I wanted to share it just in case somebody else out there has a major shift with this one. I use scent to help me with my positive energy banking. Let me explain this because it sounds a little weird, but it works. As many people know, your sense of smell directly connects to your hypothalamus, which is where memories are stored in the brain. Scent is a really strong trigger for a lot of people. And you can think about, uh, like, Rach, give me an example of a smell that takes you, like, right back to childhood when you smell it or a person. Freshly baked chocolate chip cookies. Makes you happy when you smell them, right? You feel safe, secure. Oh, it does. And fresh bread. Yeah, fresh bread, freshly cut grass. They're all like summer, summer. home, yeah. mom. <laughs> yep. Exactly. You feel safe, secure. You feel good when you smell them. It's suddenly, and it's a trick that, you know, a lot of, like, for, for instance, realtors will spray that fresh cookie smell in a house so you feel like loved mm-hmm. and warm yep. and safe and protected when you go in there. It makes you want to buy the house because it's home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, how I used it to, accrue positive energy banking. I did this around working out Mm -hmm. because for a long time, it was like me and my gal pals would commiserate about how much we hated working out. Like, oh, I hate working out. What happens when you reinforce a thought in your brain, when you make working out hard or miserable, you naturally feel hard and miserable about working out. Just like if you think about work being hard, and you say it over and over again, you naturally associate work with something unpleasant. So I wanted to do something that would shift me out of that around working out. And what I did for me was I bought a perfume I really liked. And it was a different perfume than my daily perfume. I would allow myself only to wear it when I worked out. And it got to the point where I really enjoyed this smell. And it got to the point where I started associating the smell with working out. And it was a good thing. It was like um the carrot on the stick, if you will, it got me to go outside and run to the point where now when I smell that smell, I think about running. I want to go running. It works really well. (laughs) And this is also the basis of aromatherapy. I want you to think about this. You're told that the scent lavender is relaxing. So you're thinking lavender, relaxing. You smell lavender, you read the word relaxing. Pretty soon you smell lavender and you start to relax. It's not a coincidence. It's very much programmed. It's very programmed. This is a whole, if you've ever done any kind of NLP training or hypnosis training, it's Pavlov's dogs. Every time he fed the dogs, he would hit on a tuning fork. And then after a period of time, all he would have to do was hit the tuning fork and the dog's mouths would automatically start salivating because it had been a programmed connection. And you can do it with anything. Yes, you can. And so what I'm suggesting is that you do it around your work so that For example, citrus is known to be energizing. Mm -hmm. So if you smell a citrus smell, you feel uplifted and energized and happy. If you smelled something citrusy, like you had, you know, an oil diffuser and you let that smell kind of pervade you as you work, every time you smell it, you'd be uplifted and you think positive thoughts about work. So it's just something fun to try. Um, And please, like, 
the workout example, it works awesome. Now that perfume, it's like I smell that perfume. I'm like, I want to go running. <laughs> and running is associated with a positive activity and a positive feeling in my body. And it, it actually tricks me into, well, it is the like salivation response. Like suddenly I smell that. I'm like, I need to run. You know, like that feels good. My body is already there. I've pushed past the resistance just by using smell. Yeah. And you can use music too. Like for those people who are a bit more um, auditory dominant, you could put on your favorite piece of music when you go to start doing some work or get up and dance in your breaks so that it becomes like the ebb side of things. You, you know that you're going to put your favorite song on at break time. So you look forward to it and you make a point to put it on. So you can program different things using things that are strongest for you beautiful and and they really do work so I suggest that you try it see some area where you have a small resistance and see if you can use one of those two tricks to move you out of that resistance especially if it's resistance to something that's actually going to help you because there's two types of resistance wouldn't you say Rach there's the resistance to something we don't like and then there's also resistance that's actually fear blocking us like I'm afraid to go there yeah, exactly. So definitely use it in that area where you know it's a place that you should go, like meditation. I know that a lot of people have resistance to meditation, but both Rach and I have experienced incredible positive results using mm -hmm. it. So I want to do it. I <laughs> I feel out of whack, actually, because I haven't really meditated properly while my husband's been sick. So I'm looking forward to him going back to work, actually, so I can get back <laughs> into a routine of doing my meditation when there's nobody in the house and... and connecting in that way and so yeah it's it's interesting I never used to meditate I knew I had to do it but I could never get myself to do it until I found something that made it really interesting that I really wanted to get into there with yeah and now I do it on a regular basis and miss it when I don't exactly exactly so these little sound or smell tricks can actually help you move through that type of resistance yeah I think we've covered all of the major points that we wanted to cover. We've gone a little bit into longer than usual, but I think we've given you a lot of really good information and we've shared a lot of great stories out of our own experience and, and hopefully that gives you some great insights, some incentive or inspiration to get into this ebb and flow pattern and out of the push, 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 action, action, action pattern that is going to lead to burnout and lack of joy in your life. Yes. And if you would love, you know what? We love it when people share. We have a great group on Facebook. It's called Kick-Ass and Sparkly Ladypreneurs Unite. <laughs> and that is a great place for you to privately share information about how any of these tips or tricks are working for you. Or if you want clarification, Rach and I are always there. Yep. And we love to expand on this process because as you know, like a podcast, we try to keep it down <laughs> in time, but <laughs> try to. we could go on for hours, just letting you know. <laughs> <laughs> we do when we're not here. <laughs> so do join us there. <laughs> and if you could give us some iTunes love, we would love for any reviews or feedback that would share this podcast so that we can get this information out and share it with other people we'd be extremely grateful for your assistance there so until next time relax we've got, got this. this thanks for listening to the show we loved having you come join our kick-ass community on facebook it's called kick-ass sparkly ladypreneurs unite To get all the latest from Rach and Therese, go to www.spirit4success.com. Again, that's spirit4success.com. Until next time, 
relax.